all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at UMMC. And I've got in the studio with me today one of my absolute favorite people in the whole wide world, uh, Dr. Carl Mangum, who is also an associate professor, but in the School of Nursing at UMMC. But he wears many, many, many different hats um, around the state of Mississippi. Uh, and what we're going to be talking about today is going to tap into a lot of those hats, but we're going to be talking about seasonal safety or holiday safety, although a lot of the things we talk about are applicable every single day, not just during the holiday season. If you have a question or a comment for us, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. As always, you can send me an email to fit at mpbonline.org, uh, and I'm happy to answer them that way. Good morning, Carl. Good morning. Thank you for having me today. I always. I always enjoy having you on the show. I always learn something uh, from you when you're here. And I'm really excited about today's topic as well, because I don't think it's one that we've we've had bits and pieces of this topic on the show before, but not a completely dedicated show about seasonal um, safety. And so kind of how, um, well, actually, how I want to start is talking about some of those different hats that you wear. Tell us what you do. Well, I, I thank you for that introduction. Oh, you're there. It was more than kind, and you're one of my favorite people <laughs> oh, too. Oh, he's so. saying that because I'm sitting here. Um, <laughs> and uh, I will remind you, you were a student of mine at I, one time. I so. was, but that only dates you and me. That's so let's right. not do that. Uh, but uh, I, I do wear several hats. Uh, first, I do command one of the federal medical teams for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. It's known as a DMAT team, Disaster Medical Assistance Team. And uh, that works for the National Disaster Medical System. And we're kind of the federal government's medical teams when they need to send in in times of disaster or a national security event mm -hmm. um, where they need medical people. Uh, we're not part of the military. Uh, again, we work for HHS, uh, but um, we're able to go in and set up and uh, start taking care of patients at a uh, from a federal level um, um, wherever we're needed, really in the world. Um, but I also serve on um, the City of Byron Fire Department as um, one of their volunteers. There's only a couple of us left since they've incorporated and have a paid department now. Uh, but I'm also still serving uh, for many years with Hines County and their volunteer uh, fire service uh, there in Byron, what's left of Hines County in Byron. Um, and so uh, I really enjoy uh, doing that and uh, have many years serve as an officer, uh, one of the trainers, and uh, so a lot of things. And I do a lot of things, too, statewide with the Citizen Corps. I serve on the State Citizen Corps Council, and uh, the State Citizen Corps, um, it helps with different areas, things like fire corps, uh, CERT teams, the community emergency response teams where we train uh, civilians to help fill in in times with uh, local 
disasters and local events where fire, police, EMS need additional hands, and there's training that we can give civilians uh, to help with that basic firefighting with fire extinguishers, not with fire hoses. If you want to do that, join the <laughs> join the join the, the volunteer fire, fire department. Yeah. That's right, and some <laughs> other basic first aid things and things like that. So uh, I serve on that state council and do a lot of that training around the state. So uh, there are several other things that I participate in and out of uh, around the state uh, and do training to try to get people to realize that um, response and preparing for these day-in and day-out things really begins with the individual and with the family. And I'm one of them that really believes that, that the more uh, an individual slash family is prepared for these types of events, whether it's a small event in your home or in your neighborhood, or if it's a larger event in the city, county, or the state, uh, we're all better prepared because you can uh, be able to take care of your family. As we all know, if you're waiting for the federal government to come save you, you may be there for a while. Um, anytime there's a disaster, it's, it's going to take three to five days before any type of resources really start showing up. And so you have to be prepared to sustain you and your family for those first few days um, because it really just takes time, unlike the movies where things can show up in 15 minutes. In real life, that just doesn't happen. So uh, I'm glad to talk about some of the seasonal things today. Uh, it's just everyday things that people uh, really don't think about and uh, really do make a big difference in preventing um, some type of personal disaster. Right. Absolutely. You've been on the show numerous times helping me talk about weather preparedness and disaster preparedness. And that's kind of when we tend to think about getting ready is when we know, you know, maybe it's tornado season or you know, it's hurricane season or we know one's coming, but the vast majority of things that happen are more everyday emergencies right. that, that come up. And so we need to be prepared um, for those unexpected type of things as much as we can. Um, and so, guys, if you have a question or a comment for um, Carla, for myself about preparedness and about holiday safety, we'd love to hear from you today. That number is one eight seven seven mpb ring all right, Carl. Um, the way I kind of want to start is thinking about just general personal safety, you know, with the holiday season. I mean, of course, we, we're always out and about, you know, we always are going to the grocery store or, you know, going to, to Walmart or going shopping in these different places. But with the holiday season, it's just amped up because everybody is out, you know, either buying things for their home or buying gifts for other people. And, it's also a stressful time. Holidays tend to, to ramp up um, anxiety and stress. And so you put a whole lot of people in a small space that are stressed out and you tend to have some some different issues that arise. So how can we uh, kind of prepare for that type of, of um, not emergency, but situation? Sure. There's a lot of things that as individuals we can do to prepare. First of all, prepare yourself and the people that you're going shopping with. If you have other people with you, if you have small children, um, I have a, uh, currently have eight grandchildren. So you have your own uh, baseball team. <laughs> right. And uh, many times I'm going to sh uh, go shopping with uh, one or up to six of them at a time. Uh, uh, and so I have to prepare and think about who I've got with me, where I'm going, what I'm uh, looking for, who's going to be around me, what area I'm going to be in, uh, and think about those things. Um, always, um, as you're traveling, especially if you have children, uh, you want to keep um, uh, in contact with those kids. I don't let uh, the small children 
get out of the basket. They're in the basket with me. Uh, the You're older, not in the basket. No, I'm not in the basket. Uh, but, <laughs> They're in the but basket. But when I say that, I have a hold of the basket. Right. I have a hand on the basket almost the whole time we're there or a foot against mm-hmm. a tire or something like that to keep it from being rolled off. Um, and so um, you, you cannot... Take your eyes off the kids. I, I'm I'm sorry, folks. You just can't. Uh, there are too many evil people in the world. There's too much going on with uh, human trafficking out there. There's a lot of training that uh, healthcare professionals and responders are getting these days of trying to uh, identify that and help prevent and help stop that. And um, it's widespread. It's everywhere. Uh, you can't get away from it. So please pay attention to the children, the small kids. Um, and don't let them out of your sight. Um, many people say, oh, it's not going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And with any of this we talk about today, if you find yourself saying it's not going to happen to me, I urge you, beg you to please rethink that uh, because that's setting yourself up for failure or an incident. Mm-hmm. So if you ever say that to yourself, please rethink it. Uh, I, I really ask you to do that. So back to shopping. Keep the kids close uh, in case something happens. Uh, There's an incident already just on the news this morning in Oklahoma. We've seen other incidents here recently. We know what's going on in the world. Um, We can't um, control that. You never know where you're going to be when something like that, an active shooter or a kidnapping or um, someone have a medical condition driving behind a car and a car's loose. I mean, just uh, any number of things Mm -hmm. can happen. And you really need to be paying attention to who's around you, uh, how they're acting, what's going on. Um, um, You know, I've been a psychiatric nurse now for 25 years. Uh, I don't like people behind me. Um, I'm sorry that just comes with the territory uh, of doing that. But you've got to pay attention. Is someone acting differently? Is someone out of character? Is someone acting strangely? Is uh, someone, uh, you know, uh, used to We have a lot of people that would be talking to themselves. Mm -hmm. Now they're just on the phone. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. You or can't something. tell. So it's hard to tell uh, who's just talking to someone that's not there. They're usually right. on the phone. Uh, but really paying attention to your surroundings. Um, it's really important to know where that second exit is. And don't depend on the front door being your exit. Right. Uh, many of the large box stores have exits along the front wall. They'll all say emergency exits. Um, alarm will sound. And if it's a true emergency, don't be scared of, of going out those doors. If it's a real emergency, hit those exits, get out of the building. Uh, a lot of the things that we talk about with active shooter in many places or even with uh, potential bombings is, um, you know, uh, time, distance, and shielding is one of the things you, you, you want to get away from whatever's going on. Run, hide, fight's another mm-hmm. one that uh, That's the one I'm familiar uh, a lot with. of training, especially with active shooter, if you can get away from whatever's going on, get away. That's the mm-hmm. best thing is get away from it. And so um, that that's one of the things. So know where your second exit is. That's also good with fire. Uh, know where the second exit is. Know where the third exit is if you're in a large place. Mm-hmm. Um, have your kids uh, with you where you can move them. Um, you can grab a hold of them, keep them in the basket, get to pushing, and get to going. Um, and, and paying attention to your surroundings, y'all, I cannot stress that enough. Uh, if something doesn't feel right, something doesn't seem right, leave. Mm-hmm. You can always go back to another store. You can come back to that store later if something doesn't feel right. If the hair stands on the back of your neck, women's ways of knowing, whatever <laughs> whatever you want to chalk right. it up to you, the little voice inside of your head, um, you know, um, telling you something's wrong, I need to move, I need to leave, 
do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm a firm believer in that. And um, sometimes um, I think the I think God's telling you, hey, something's fixing to happen. You, you need, need to, to move go. and uh, do that. Mm-hmm. And um, so please, please listen to the little voice. Just pay attention. I'm not saying you should live your life in an armored truck and, you know, not go out and do anything. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying go out, have fun, but pay attention to your surroundings, who's around you and what's going on. All right, absolutely. I think now is a great time to take uh, the first break of the hour when we come back from this break, we're going to continue talking about that a little bit more and what to do should an active shooter situation take place while you're out. If you have a question or a comment for us related to seasonal safety, you can give us a call at one mpb ring It's one 672 7464 We'll be back in just a few. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell. In studio with me today is Dr. Carl Mangum, and we are talking about seasonal safety and how to prepare as much as we can for uh, emergency situations that may occur during this holiday season, but really every day um, is an opportunity to be prepared for what may come. Uh, if you have a question or a comment, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. All right, we've been talking about personal safety, and we actually just heard on the news this morning about this event that happened in Oklahoma at a big box store with a, a shooter. And so, uh, unfortunately, that is something that we're dealing with now, and so we've got to be prepared for something like that should it occur. And we talked a little bit about some of the um, phrases that are out there, like run, hide, fight, and those types of things. But, you know, let's say you're in a crowded department store and this happens. What what action should be be your first? Well, um, follow your instinct, first mm-hmm. of all. Run, hide, fight is a good way to, to look at it. If you have an opportunity to run to get away from the situation, if you're not directly um, encountering the shooter, get away from the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- what I do for myself is I'm not going to stop running. I'm not going to get outside and stop. I'm going to keep, keep, keep moving running. right. If I can get to my vehicle, I'm going to be miles away mm-hmm. before anything else happens. Um, hiding is a thing where you want to put um, as many walls between you and the perpetrator, many things is between you and the perpetrator as you can. 
Uh, it depends on the situation where you're at. If you're in a school, you would react one way, lock doors, be quiet, try to prevent them from entering right. where you're at. If you're in a large department store that has only outside walls, it's hard place to you know hide behind right. toys or or clothes because they don't really they don't stop bullets. Right. That's right. Uh, and so, but you you want to get down, be quiet, hide, and, and get away. As last resort, um, when you're confronted and you have uh, and you fear for your life, you have to defend yourself mm-hmm. and then fight. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't have a weapon, you know Mississippi's a concealed carry state, and if you've um, went through the proper training and you have all of that, and you need to do what you need to do. Uh, I encourage you to follow all current state laws and do what you need to do um, and, and, and think through all that. But if you don't have a weapon, you know, the other things like fire extinguishers um, and other things that can be brought into play, anything to distract the shooter, to get their attention, to slow them down, to buy time for yourself, your family, other people, and things like that or things you start thinking of. Um, and, um, you know, it, it comes down to it, mm-hmm. fight or flight. And if you're in direct contact with them, defend yourself the best you can. Right. And another kind of situation that I've seen going around social media has been women who are, you know, maybe in a grocery store or in a, you know, just a regular store and they feel like people are maybe following them or, you know, scoping them out, you know, whatever that is. If you're ever concerned about something like that, um, what's what's the best course of action? Call the police. Okay. If you're in a store, get help. Don't leave the store because that makes you more vulnerable outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the stores now have cameras inside and outside. It'll be on video. But if you're already kidnapped, the video will be on the news tonight mm-hmm. and they'll be looking for you. Mm-hmm. Stay inside where other people are at. Uh, less chance of uh, them trying to take you. And uh, get the police involved as quickly as possible. Get help. Uh, there to assess the situation. Um, and if they can uh, talk to the individual, you know, odds are once they realize that you're on to what's going on, they're going to probably get out of there. Um, and uh, But stay inside, stay with other people. Right. If you can get an employee, a manager, someone like that, um, definitely do that. Um, but don't put yourself at more risk. Well, if I can just get to my car, wrong idea. Stay where there are people at, and um, you know, odds are you'll have a better chance of not being taken. Fantastic. All right, we're going to go on over to the phone lines um, and go down to Biloxi. Good morning. Yes, my name is Remy, and I have to say, you need to actually, education needs to be more so than this paranoia-based thing. It's, there's more, it's more dangerous to be paranoid than it is to be unaware. These situations, whether it be an abduction or take your pick, are one in a thousand at least. That's right. So, but the thing is, and you're basically creating paranoia. Me and many of my, my friends, we're not cookie cutters we don't dress like fop boys but the fact is we get police called on us for when we're minding our own business walking just sitting by the car smoking a cigarette while somebody's in the store minding our own business you know we it's we need the thing is you're creating a paranoia based system that 90 percent of people just get police called out on them for and harassed for no reason well, people should be, you know, uh, calling police for nobody that's not doing anything. I mean, 
What, what I'm saying is people that are actually doing something where they're following you, their mm-hmm. car is following you around in the neighborhood, um, you know, things like that. They're following you through a store uh, where it's obvious it's not just another shopper, um, things like that. I, I want to make sure people are clear about what I'm saying, and thank you for bringing that up. Uh, but, yes, and, yes, there are many times uh, throughout the country that people are calling the police for things, and that's one of the things that the U.S. Department of Homeland Security says, you know, see something, say something. And uh, usually if there's nothing to it, everybody is, um, you know, the police investigate and there's nothing's going on, Mm -hmm. nothing happens. Um, And, um, you know, I want to make sure people understand you need to have a reason why you're calling the police. And and, and it's not just because you're paranoid. Uh, If you're paranoid, you need to, you know, do some research and be educated. I would fully agree with you on that. Um, And that's not something we don't want to create paranoia. We do want to create educated people that pay attention and understand the risk and the needs of the community and the individual. I want people to be able to go to work. I want people to be able to go shopping. I want people to go to movies. I want people to have fun with their families. Uh, That's not what I'm about. Uh, I'll definitely say that. And uh, thank you for your call. Yeah, absolutely. That was a a great um, way for us to reinforce that, that it's not about being paranoid. It is about being aware and being self-aware. You know, one of the things, you know, we've known each other for a very long time. And one of the things that I learned just by listening to you give, you know, presentations about this topic and, you know, working with you with the nursing students and helping them um, develop kind of safety plans is just being aware of my surroundings. I always know where that second exit is, kind of like we mentioned earlier. Um, and it's kind of like when you're on the airplane and they're like, find the nearest exit and and it may be behind you. You know, that's what they say. And so I do, I look for those exits that are opposite of each other, right? You know, so that if the front exit of somewhere is blocked, what is the, where's the back exit um, or the side exits that are available for that? And just simply being uh cognizant of the fact that there are uh, increasing dangers in the world doesn't mean paranoia, it, but it means um, self-awareness and, and knowing what's going on um, in that particular area. All right. One area I want us to kind of focus in on is uh, car safety, um, because we spend a lot of our time in the car, um, whether that be commuting back and forth to work, taking the kids around, or um, now that it's the holiday season, if we are um, traveling to visit uh, loved ones for for that particular thing. So, if you had a question or a comment about car safety, we'd love to hear that. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Um, kind of the biggest thing I think about with the car is correct um, restraints, right? Correct car seats and seat belts, right? So who should wear a seat belt, Dr. Mangum? Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone. That, that's an easy answer. Um, I, I tell you what, we're responding with the fire departments to uh, many um, um, motor vehicle collisions mm-hmm. and uh, through the years. Um, and I've done my share of them, and some have been okay, and some have been really sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, seat belts are a must, y'all. That's why there's a law for them, and uh, you need to wear them. And uh, I still have some people that will talk me down about, uh, I don't need no seat belt, right. and to quote them. Um, but I tell you what, uh, if you ever get ejected out of a car and, mm-hmm. and have to go through what uh, people go through, uh, you'll wish you had one on. Mm-hmm. Um 
so put your seatbelt on, please. Um, when in my car, the car doesn't move until everybody has a seatbelt seat on. on. Grandkids yeah. know that, and uh, until they're secured in their car seat uh, or booster seat, whichever one that's appropriate for them, they know the car doesn't move. So uh, that's just the rule. Um, the other thing about the car seats, especially with the smaller kids and the infants, it's uh, almost winter time here in Mississippi. We've had about, what, 24 hours of it, about one day. <laughs> and, and I'm so, over uh, it already. Right. So one of the things that we need to think about is that um, if you put the, the smaller kids and the infants in there with that large coat on, and then you mm. put the straps over them um, and the car stops abruptly, uh, they can slip right out of all of that. Right. So while well, I want my baby to be warm, we'll go out warm up the vehicle first and then put them in something warm like a jumper or something like that then place them in the car seat okay but those large coats that's improper to put them in there then buckle them in in the large coats and he, uh, even my uh, uh, four-year-old grandson we take the large coat off of him mm-hmm. because he can slide right out of it even with those uh, five-point restraints that he's in mm-hmm. so uh, just be real careful about those the other thing with cars is check your tires especially here in winter time anytime going down the road um, you know and then we think of the hot summer too of tires expanding with the heat and the roads, uh, things like that. Tires are a big thing that cause accidents. Um, and uh, those are one of the biggest issues. And I, I say this because I just got two new tires on my truck last week. Because of that, the other tires were, were getting pretty worn out and I needed to replace them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's the other big thing with safety with vehicles. The other thing I will remind you is to go ahead and put your little safety kit in your vehicle, a basic first aid kit. I always carry extra few bottles of water, a couple of extra blankets just yeah. in case. Um, it's not uh, if you want to carry a couple of... Um, uh, snack bars of some type, of course, don't carry chocolate in Mississippi. That doesn't work out too good. Chocolate. It, it <laughs> Liquid just chocolate. It makes a mess. That's right. Yes. Uh, but, you know, uh, something uh, something s- someone can snack on. You never know when you're going to get uh, behind caught behind an accident or something mm. in the interstate. I was caught behind one the other day in Jackson, and it took about 30 minutes before they were cleared, before we could move. And so if it's cold, uh, if you're running low on fuel, you know, keep a – I'm one of those people, my my truck gets below a half tank of gas, I'm looking for a gas station. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think you're one of those people, E means enough, and so uh, <laughs> you've, got did, to, you know? you, you've got to uh, watch that. So don't let your fuel gauge get too low. Leave enough where you can at least, if you're stuck on the interstate or a road behind an accident for 20 minutes, you're not going to run out of gas sitting there. Uh, just little things like that for this time of year, especially where the roads are going to be so busy. That is my, like, that's my kryptonite. I mean, that that's the thing I need to work on and improve on is not letting my fuel gauge get so low because I can tell you exactly how much time I have from the time that the light comes on until I'm going to have to push it to if the gas station. If nothing goes wrong. <laughs> if nothing goes wrong, that's what I'm saying. Thing, yeah. So I need, I need to work on that definitely. All right, we're going to go to the phone lines and take one call real quick. We're going to go over to Jackson and talk with Edward this morning. Hello, Edward. Hello, how you all doing? We are great. Good. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Listen, one comment on the gas. If your gas goes slow like that, go get some uh, dryer, gas dryer, and put that in first, and then fill it up, and that'll take care of all the moisture in the water. Now, back to the uh, place where you're going to be uh, followed or something. Uh-huh. Uh, about 25 years ago, my neighbor's... Uh, Nephew was killed as a gang initiation. I got my firearms permit, then I went and got the enhanced permit, 
And I, you know, I don't go every day out to the range. I keep in shape, and luckily I've never had to pull it or use it. But if you're out by yourself, and uh, I think everybody should have this. Now, I'm going to demonstrate what you do if somebody's following you in a store. Listen, don't hold your ears. That is my whistle I got when I was in the Navy. And you can blow that whistle, everybody's going to stop. Mm-hmm. And you point to that guy and say, I think he's following me. They'll get the store detective over there, and if there's nothing wrong, it's fine. But if he is, you know, and he wanted or something, you, you don't got yourself a fugitive and protected him and anybody else in the store. Right. So uh, that's my little hint. Just keep something that's loud with you where you can make a lot of noise and attract a lot of attention. And then you'll, you know, you'll, you'll be able to get out of a situation that you normally wouldn't be able to do. All right, Edward, thank you so much for giving us that tip today. I really, really appreciate that. And you have a great rest of your Monday. And Carl, you know, uh, uh, the um, whistle is something that you talk about when building a, a safety kit as well, is to is. have that whistle. It's one of those things that in case you get trapped somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, kind of similar to what he's saying, um, I would be careful about blowing that in public, but if you if you really are being attacked or you think you're fixing a, something's fixing to happen, you know it would it would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Just just you know use common sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're trapped somewhere or you're lost somewhere, if you start screaming for help, it uses a lot more energy and it doesn't actually it doesn't take that long for your voice to wear out Absolutely. and you're not able to even speak then. So you can blow the whistle; takes a lot less energy and uh, people can hear the whistle and uh, hopefully locate you a lot faster. Absolutely. So that's one of those things that you actually should keep with you. Yeah, I put one in because my son's a Boy Scout and he goes camping a lot. And so there's a whistle in his day pack just in case we fall down a ravine, something there. You never know. It's a good thing to have. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get to our caller on the line and answer some more of your questions and comments about seasonal safety. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. We'll be back in just a few. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, joined in the studio today by Dr. Carl Mangum, and we're talking about seasonal safety today. If you have a question or a comment for us, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring or you can send me an email to fit at mpbonline.org. All right, um, Jackie's been waiting on us a little while, so we're going to go over uh, to Itawamba County and talk with Jackie. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, when you were talking about vehicular safety, mm-hmm. 
um, I was thinking about the importance of helmet wearing children wearing helmets. Um, at Christmas time, a lot of kids may be getting bicycles. Mm. Where I live, even young children sometimes ride ATVs or four wheelers. Mm-hmm. And I, I know of a seven year old child who's now at the Shepherd Center um, in Georgia as a result of a uh, an ATV accident uh, and a head injury. So that's all I wanted to mention is um, I think if children can be put in on in helmets as a habit, just like we as adults wear seatbelts as a habit, then that might prevent some uh, injuries down the road. Absolutely. I, I thank you for um, bringing that topic to light because I am a huge supporter of helmets and not just for kids, um, adults too, um, you know, especially children tend to uh, copy what they see adults doing. And so when I see families out for bike rides and those types of things, always makes me happy when I see every person in the family with the helmet on. Um, because as I tell my kids, you've got two elbows, two knees, two, you know, two feet, but you've only got one head. So we've really got to make sure that we protect um that head and so everybody should wear a helmet and you're right you know people are going to be getting new you know, bicycles and skateboards or hoverboards or you know all of these different types of things and that gift is not complete without a helmet that goes with it and it should be properly um fitted as well um you know my uh my youngest son is eight and we've had to, we've gone through um, you know, three helmets since he started riding his bicycle because his little head's growing. And so we had to make sure that we um, upsized his um, helmet to make sure that it, it was the right fit for him as well. So I thank you very much for that call, Jackie. I 100% agree on the importance of um, helmets. You agree, Carl? Uh, definitely. Helmets for everyone, no exceptions. Absolutely. And they got some cool ones now where you can get like a mohawk on the top of it and all that kind of cool stuff there. You know, and that can be um, something that you do with your child, too. They can go help you pick out a cool helmet. They're more likely to to wear it if they grandparents. If you buy the grandkids a bicycle or a skateboard or (laughs) any of those toys, a helmet goes with it. That's right. All right, Jackie. Thank you so much for that. All right. We're going to go to Ronnie in Saltillo. Good morning, Ronnie. Hey, well, how are y'all doing? Well, we're just fine. How are you? Doing good. I just wanted to get a couple of practical things. Sure. Um, number number one is put your wallets and your cell phones in your front pants mm. pockets. Good one. The back. Good one. Um, yeah, the pockets aren't trained to do front pockets, so you know, put them in the back pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, it's getting dark early this time of year. I have a small tack light. In other words, the front of it is made so you can smash a car window with it. Ah. Uh. Um, it also has a strobe feature, and if somebody desperate, somebody does have a gun, I'm going to tell you, unless you're out in bright, in bright daylight, that strobe feature will temporarily blind somebody. Mm. And, and the main thing, you know, when you leave in a restaurant or a movie, um, have, that, have that light out. Be shining it around, and don't be looking down at your cell phone. Yeah. I see that all the time, you know, and I'm, of course I have a military background but i think gosh they come out of the movie or the restaurant and they're looking down at their phone couples and you think why aren't they talking to each other (laughs) (laughs) anyway i just think gosh wouldn't it be easy to take them down two more things 
um, especially ladies, but men too. If you're in an isolated area and the blue lights are trying to pull you over and you don't feel good about it, you can call 911 to verify it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, But I, I do want to agree with what, what y'all were saying. I have what I call my spidey sense. Mm. Um, I'm not Spider-Man, but then again, you know, it's like y'all were saying, if something doesn't feel right, um, I, th- I think what it is, I don't think it's supernatural. I think your brain registers smells and sounds and sights that your conscious mind does not register. Mm. And I think when you get these bad feelings, I think it's your brain saying, hey, I'm, I'm looking at things you're not. So um, I agree with Dr. Is it Magnum? Mangum. Mangum. Mm-hmm. Mangum. Okay. Yeah. Get out of there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, come back later. All right, y'all. Have a great weekend. Have a great Thanksgiving. You as well, Ronnie. Thank you so much for giving us a call today. All right, we're going to go to Memphis. Good morning, Allie. Good morning. How are you doing? We're great. How are you? Fantastic. Um, uh, I want to talk about two things. Mm -hmm. Firstly, uh, I uh, work for a security company. And uh, what I have noticed is that when ladies get into the cars, they are sitting there for the longest time trying to adjust things, get on the phone and stuff like that. And I feel that they are marked that way. I'm guilty of that. Sitting into it, they will sit down there, look at the phone Mm -hmm. and do a whole lot of stuff. Another thing that has come up in our conversations at our work is that uh, there are gangs going around tying zip ties on your side mirrors, which is becomes a marker for the others who are not at that location, but at the exit of the mall or something, knowing that you're a single lady, they will bump you at the back or follow you home. Dang so gum, I hadn't heard that one. Uh, yes, ma'am. Wow. Yeah, I've, I've seen that on the uh, Internet as, as information that's out there. I've not actually seen that in person or talked to any law enforcement that actually seen it. Uh, but it is out there, and that information yeah. is out there. He's correct. So, um, you know, if you see that, I would uh, definitely notify law enforcement that something's going on, especially in whatever, you, you know, whatever area of the mm-hmm. state or, you know, neighboring state that you're in. So the law enforcement in that area is aware of what's right. going on, and they can uh, – you know, uh, address it accordingly. Well, all right. Gosh, thank you so much for that this morning. We appreciate you giving us a call. All right, we're going to go over and take the last break of the hour. When we come back, we're going to be talking about fire safety and what to, how to plan for that and what to do should that occur. If you have a question or a comment, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
If you ever miss one of our locally produced shows or want to simply hear it again, you can find what you need at mpbonline.org or download our podcast app to your smartphone. MPB programming is on your schedule at mpbonline.org. Josie Bidwell joined today by Dr. Carl Mangum and we're talking about seasonal safety today and we've had some great content and callers so far. Uh, We've covered kind of personal safety and car safety and kind of a hodgepodge of some other safety topics but I want to spend this last segment really talking uh, about fire safety. You know now that the weather uh, has turned cooler um, or as I like to say absolutely freezing cold because I don't like cold weather at all um people are you know starting to cut on space heaters and you start to use their fireplaces and we're also now starting to decorate for christmas and so we're going to have extension cords and lights and trees and all of these other things that increase the likelihood of a fire right dr mangum that's correct all right so let's talk about um just kind of general things you should have in your home to be prepared for a fire You should always have at least one fire extinguisher, and you should have at least one smoke detector. Uh, If you have a multi-level home, it should be one smoke detector on each level. Mm. So if you have a two-story home, one on each um, level. Um, With working batteries. With working batteries, (laughs) and you're supposed to check them twice a year. Yes. Uh, Definitely uh, do that. And if you have a neighbor, an elderly neighbor or a loved one, please go over to their house and check it for them. Mm -hmm. It's very important uh, to do that. Um, Working smoke detectors save lives. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Definitely do that. Um, Many things that go along with that, um, you know, paying attention to um, uh, heaters, space heaters in particular, uh, how you plug them up, what you put them near, uh, either curtains or beds uh, near uh, bedding, uh, blankets, sheets, and things like that. If you put them too close, they definitely can catch on fire. Um, I've seen many things like that happen. Um, If you have a space heater that you have to plug in, plug it directly into the wall, not into an extension cord or into one of the the outlets Mm -hmm. because they pull more electricity than that, like that six prong outlet um, um, puts out that can carry and it carries more electricity than that, what that would need. And so it will actually start a fire inside that outlet. Uh, there are plenty of pictures on the internet. Mm. You can pull them up and look at it where people have done that. And, um, you don't want to do that. So if you have a space heater that's electric, that you're going to plug up, plug it directly into the wall, uh, uh, is the best bet Mm. uh, on that. Um, as you're looking at uh, trees and lights and decorations and things like that, uh, again, use an appropriate extension cord for what you're doing it for. Many times people will plug in uh, using the very small green or brown extension cords that oh, yeah, you get the ones for a dollar, dollar fifty <laughs> right. uh, at, at a local dollar store. And those are good if you're using like one strand of lights. Those mm-hmm. are fine. Um, and most of your uh, Christmas lights are going to tell you not to plug in more than three strands of 100 lights in a row because it just starts pulling more electricity than what those little wires are designed to handle. So uh, many people, if you're like me and you like a lot of lights on your tree, 
um, you know, use two different extension cords, uh, maybe have the top half on one and the bottom half on another one. Uh, just simple things like that uh, uh, goes, goes a long ways to uh, protect you. Uh, other things like people say, well, these ugly extension cords, I'm going to put them under a, a rug or uh, a, mm-hmm. uh, a, a walkway or something like that to, to make it look better. The problem is as you're walking on those, it, it presses down on that extension cord and it breaks it down, just the pressure of being on it. So it can cause the cord to fray, and then that alone can start a fire if it's plugged up. Um, even in the middle of the night when uh, everyone may be asleep, if those wires come loose, short out and could start a fire. And now that you have a rug laying on top of it, um, it can uh, Feeds be, it. Yeah, it can make things uh, burn a lot quicker and a lot faster. So uh, be careful about doing that. Uh, try not to cover up the cords. Leave them out. And uh, just pay attention to where they're at and uh, what's going on with them. Absolutely. All right, we're going to go to Macomb and talk with Alice this morning. Hello, Alice. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. What can we do for you today? I'm so glad this show is on. Well, I'm so, so glad. So that I can be able to say something that I've been trying to get out. Okay, well, lay it on me. About those uh, electric heaters, mm-hmm. it's not always curtains and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It be the cord. Right. Because I experienced that. The, having the, I looked at the cord where you plug it in, mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it was in the socket, not no extension cord. Mm-hmm. And it was melting. Wow. And you caught so. it in time. Oh, I caught it right on time. Oh, well, that's fantastic. I'm glad that that was the case there. And, you know, it just is being aware of the situation and checking on things. Yes. Anytime you're using electricity, um, there's a potential for a problem. And you're right. It's not always the appliance or uh, the lights or whatever it is we're using. Sometimes it's the receptacle. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've had that happen before um, at my house with a receptacle that went bad and started throwing out sparks. And, uh, you know, it could have been a, a problem if I'd have plugged something in there later on and didn't catch it. Um, and so that's a that's a good point. And, um, you know, it's just uh, paying attention to what you're using and uh, making sure you don't overload any one circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all that's important. Thanks for bringing that up. That's a great point. That was an absolutely great point. Thank you so much for giving us a call uh, today, Alice. All right. Um, that kind of reminds me of something that happened to us. We were... Um, uh, the light switch in our living room I went to turn it out one night and it was hot. Like when I put my hand against it, I was like, that should not be hot like that. And so it wasn't that we saw something melting or saw smoke or anything like that. It was just we noticed the temperature change in that. And so we had someone come out and, and be proactive in that right. and, not, and not wait for something. Right. They're, they're a piece of equipment just like anything mm-hmm. else and eventually they'll wear out or break down just like anything mm-hmm. else. And they're not designed to last forever mm-hmm. beyond popular belief. Mm-hmm. Just there's nothing designed to last forever. Right. And, um, you know, if you're in a, a aging home, just some things you need to think about. And uh, if you're in doubt, have a, you know, a licensed person mm-hmm. come out and check it out just like you would with plumbing or anything mm-hmm. else. 
have an electrician come out and check it out and uh, make sure everything's okay. Absolutely. Um, another little tip I have is checking those light strands on your tree. Oh, you know, yeah. a lot of, uh, it used to, you know, we did a lot more strands of lights that you put onto the tree. And so you were able to inspect them a little bit more, but now a lot of the trees come kind of pre-lit. Um, and so actually we, last year when we plugged our tree in, like only half of the lights came back on. And so, you know, because because you've trained me so well i was like well we need to find out why these other ones aren't working and make sure there's not like a frayed something in the cord that could be a danger later on for that so make sure you just take a peep around in there make sure all those cords are in good working condition especially if you have a uh, an animal in the home that likes to gnaw on things you know in that particular way now um we've got just about a minute and a half left what i want us what i want you to to tell people is how to use that fire extinguisher because a lot of people have it in their home but i don't think they know how to use it all right pull aim squeeze and sweep pull Um, aim squeeze pass right that's it so uh, you pull the pin you can aim the hose and if you have the very small one that may just have a, a nozzle on the end of it without a hose so and you so you pull the pin aim it at the base of the fire not at the top of the flames Squeeze the handle, and most of the time you just pull the handle together, and it activates the extinguisher, and you sweep it back and forth, left and right, up and down, back and forth at the base of the fire. And uh, so you remember the term pass, pull, aim, squeeze, and sweep. Um, You know, don't get too close to the fire. Most of the time, if you're within three to four feet, it's close enough. Uh, Most of the time, we tell people that uh, an average fire extinguisher would be able to put out the size of a 30-gallon trash can. So most of us know what the trash cans look like Mm -hmm. in elementary and high school, a 30-gallon trash can. Uh, Those fire extinguishers should be able to put out a fire about that size. Um, If anything's larger than that, I would encourage you to evacuate everyone get out call 911 get the fire department on the way right um and um you know safety first evacuate uh rescue alarm confine and extinguish uh race is the other acronym Mm -hmm. so rescue first life is more important than any of our belongings so get people out of there uh, to safety first sound the alarm get help on the way uh, 911, whatever the case may be, uh, confine the fire and try to extinguish it. All right, fantastic. That was a great show with lots of great content. If you didn't get your question in, you can email it at fit at mpbonline.org. Thanks to all our callers and listeners today, and thanks to Dr. Carl Mangum for joining me on the air. Thanks to Kevin Farrell as well for being a great producer. And I'd be remiss if I didn't wish my very favorite person in the world, my mom, a happy, happy birthday today. Thank you for listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit.